0: Hello, this is Unanimous Indecision. I'm Joshua Troop, and it is the best day of the week because it's Friday, not just because we're talking about What If and Titans this week, but we are also talking about the entire season of Star Wars Visions, all nine episodes. We're going to be breaking them down, what we liked, what we didn't like, how awesome they were. Uh, And I am joined by Ian Rismondo, who I'm sure has very different opinions than I do. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. But um, actually, I promise you, it's identical opinions because that's what I'm paying him for. <laughs> He's being paid to be a yes man. <laughs> I, I hate when you just like tell it out to the people like that. Oh, okay, kind of ruins the whole uh, my whole reputation here on the I show. I don't. I don't pay him to be a yes. man. <laughs> I do it because I want to. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me. Oops. I need to fiddle with some settings real quick but uh could you talk again Ian? uh talking, talking yeah all right that's good uh i just wanted to check something but uh yeah if this is your first time listening to us i just want to remind you that there's many ways you can find us apple podcast spotify wherever podcasts are sold for free or you can join us live on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision the name of the show if you will you can hop in the live chat, share your thoughts and theories about Star Wars Visions, about what if, about Titans, and what, how glorious that show is. No sarcasm whatsoever. No. Um, and we also do two shows here. Uh, one is this show every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. At least we try to make it 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, where we talk what if and titans every week this week's a little special since we got star wars visions dropping a whole season on us which we're just so thankful for (laughs) (laughs) man uh and uh we do another show on wednesday 6 p.m eastern time talking about a movie uh where we review it and then we also talk about this past week's movie news which is gonna be exciting that's going to be an exciting one already. I, I already know because we've gotten uh, one or two articles that I think are, are wor- really worth talking about. Uh, <laughs> I won't spoil that, uh, but that will that should be a fun one. I also don't have a movie for next week. Maybe something is will surprise me this weekend, but uh, I'm just super busy as of late. Uh, thanks for the follow, Hal, Hal Fatches. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, so let's jump into... What do we normally start with? We start with Titans? Titans, usually. Because that's what I haven't seen, so we get it out of the way. Right, we get it out and of the I way. Can, and I can like show my disappointment with the series as I'm hearing it from you. Okay, so the episode that we've been waiting for finally happened. There's which is... To find out what Raven is doing with Donna in Themyscira. <laughs> Dude, you've been talking about that for weeks. Yeah, only for like two. I think it was at like episode six that I was like, and this is episode nine, so. Three weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so the episode finally came, but it wasn't totally about that, actually. It was about a couple other things also. <laughs> okay. Um. It was a little bit about Batman. It was a little bit about Dead Hawk. And it was a little bit about Tim Drake, Mm. which is very interesting. Um, But it was a pretty good episode, if not for how nonsensical it was. (laughs) Um, So basically, Raven is working with the Amazonians. And before I get into too much more detail, I just want to remind everyone that we spoil stuff here. Uh, we spoil all the movies and TV shows we talk about. We want to talk about them in their fullest kind of conversation you have around the water cooler at work, lunch table at school, or wherever you talk about these things. You want to talk about every little detail that you can remember uh, to, to express your surprise and disappointment. Uh, (laughs) But so Raven's working with the, the Amazons to revive Donna. Okay. And ultimately it's just not working. It is just not working. And now are they using like Lazarus Pit or like homeopathic? Like what were they trying to? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hope. <laughs> okay, okay. They're just kind of hoping she comes back. Like well, uh, I understand why it doesn't work. <laughs> um, but then Raven's like, I can bring her back with my powers, and they're like, You have disrupted our ritual, and so there's like a lot of conflict there um and raven just is ultimately not successful either and so uh because donna is in fact dead Uh, (laughs) okay and uh raven's story in this episode was actually like pretty good (laughs) possibly the best part of the episode
1: um
0: which is like raven's like then i don't even know what i'm doing here and they're like no you need to you need to be disciplined for your mistake you need to understand the laws of nature and you, you need to understand who we are before you can leave. Um, and so she kind of goes on this journey where she learns a lot about the Amazons and um, actually has a character arc, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, Donna, who also has a character arc, okay. who is also dead, uh, <laughs> uh, her character arc gets passed to her from Hawk in the afterlife. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. So over half this episode is in this black and white, um, purgatory scape, Mm -hmm. um, where we're following Tim, who's on a train who apparently died last episode, which, like I said, Connor could have just speed ran him to a hospital and come back and saved his life. But no, they chose to wait for paramedics and then he died. (laughs) So again, that's on the Titans, uh, but no consequences because he's alive at the end of this episode. So uh, <laughs> so Tim wakes up in this, uh, 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 I don't even know what you want to call it, purgatory, <laughs> like I said, but yeah. it's like really weird because like at one time they're like, yeah the train's taking us to our destination wherever that may be and some people are like oh yeah you know the train to hell or the train to hades and i was like it's so weird to me that how like i feel like this happens so often in uh, a lot of pop culture things a lot of comic book things especially that they're so quick to like recognize the existence of hell but they won't acknowledge heaven as (laughs) as a hopeful thing and it's like it just doesn't exist i was like that's kind of (laughs) weird Um, but, uh, but that, regardless of that, uh, Tim's like, nope, don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know why. I I don't even know how I died. Um, Donna finds him and they escape the train together, but Donna's like, no, we gotta like, cause Donna's been dead for a while. So I was, I was surprised she was still on the train, but I guess that's probably because of the ritual that it was still kind of clinging on to her almost saving her maybe um and so i guess that's why she was on the train for so long but she's basically decided that she's gonna ride the train all the way until her destination and go on to what's next but of course she's trying to save this kid and help him make the same decision tim Mm -hmm. um but then surprise surprise they get saved by hawk Who's like, what are you talking about? We got to go back to Earth. (laughs) He's like, I'm not done. (laughs) And he's just super optimistic and like, we got to go back. I got to teach Jason Todd a lesson. (laughs) Vengeance. It's a good. uh... (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what Donna says. She's like, you just want to go back for revenge? And he's like, hell yeah. (laughs) That's great. I love that yeah he's he's in his fullest um and basically in this purgatory space the train is like safety and when you're off the train there's like a ton of ghouls and other creatures i guess we only see ghouls though okay. um that basically are dementors for lack of a better word they're okay. basically mentors that will sure. suck out your soul and then you die actually and there's just nothing else <laughs> um, so that's like the the least optimal option um but then they're like, yeah, there's this rumor about a way back. And so they chase the rumor and they find the way back. Also, it made no sense. The The rumor was like about an upside down tree and that's literally all they knew. And they just drove and came across an upside down tree. Interesting. So just, wow, kind of lucky. I, I was like, wait, like how big is this space? Is it not that big? <laughs> also, you would think that wouldn't they want to try and talk to Aqualad? Oh, man. how Well, Aqualad's probably already moved on. Okay. But, like, you would at least think they would, like, try and look or something. You think they'd try. Maybe Donna has tried. I mean, she's been there a while. She's been there a few months. So maybe okay. maybe that did happen. Okay. okay. Um, it is kind of funny, though, that because Hawk died, like, episode three. Donna died at the end of season two. And they didn't catch back up until episode nine in the after. Like they've had some time to get that. They could have into. That's true. That's true. Um, especially since Hawk should have appeared on the same train. <laughs> like, And Donna just didn't notice him or something. Right. Uh, but yeah, like she was super shocked to find out he was dead. And like there, there there's a lot of good like character interactions there. And then it became very predictable because Hawk was like, the one that was most motivated to go back, he's obviously the one that doesn't get to.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so he has to stay behind um, just by circumstance. And But Donna and Tim do make it back. And it's really confusing though, because like there was like this, I don't even want to call it a B plot, because I felt like the Raven thing was the B plot, even though right. that was really interesting. I only call it the B plot because like time devoted to it there was like a C plot <laughs> uh, that was about Bruce mm-hmm. and we didn't totally understand it. Cause there were so few scenes about it. There was probably like three or four tops and it was about like Bruce making a will. Okay. And his lawyer's like, are you sure about this? And he's like, I've never been more sure. And then we see another scene where he's like pouring gasoline over like this house season. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's got the lighter in hand while he's standing in the house. Um, So it's like, oh, man, he's going to kill himself. And then Donna comes back. But here's the part that confuses me. (laughs) So Donna comes back and her body is in Themyscira. So in theory, in theory, she should wake up on Themyscira (laughs) where her body is. Right that at least makes some semblance of sense when talking about people coming back from the dead. Where does she actually wake up? I don't know. We don't actually see her wake up. We just see that her and Tim go down this bridge and then like color comes back into the frame and Tim like starts complaining about a wound and you hear like hospital noises. Uh, And then it shows a quick shot of Tim in the hospital and then they both fade out. And then the next thing we see is Bruce light his house on fire. Now I'm not talking about Gotham Manor. I'm not talking about the manor uh, or Wayne Manor. Okay. Um, he's in some other castle somewhere else that we don't know where it is. <laughs> There's no location given. And he's burning it down. And he's burning it down with himself inside it. He kind of suffocates. He passes out. And so he's going to die um, killing himself. Donna. Saves him. How? I don't know. <laughs> I'm happy she did though. <laughs> How did she get there that fast? How did she, How know, did she where he know where he was? How did she yeah. know he was in danger? How did? <laughs> like I kind of thought with like the way it was teasing, I was like, "Oh, Bruce is gonna kill himself and show up in this place." Also, <laughs> and... <laughs> but no, that just didn't happen. He didn't get to that point yet. And... <laughs> And I was like, that would have made more sense if they could have saved him in purgatory rather than saving him in the real world. Because <laughs> it just didn't make sense. I didn't understand the the physics behind Donna knowing that Bruce was in danger, knowing that he was killing himself, knowing where he was, knowing like getting there that quick. Like all these things just stockpiling just did not make sense to me. I was like, if it was like if it wasn't Donna and it was like wonder woman or someone that like maybe would frequently check up on bruce or something could make a little bit more sense Mm -hmm. but it was just very strange if it was superman would have made sense like it was just weird (laughs) um i do I said it last week as well. Like this show seems so weird. I Is this the episode that confirmed that there is an afterlife? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Right, purgatory. Right. Yeah. It... Why? Why? It <laughs> feels like they need characters to come back and they have to have character arcs even after death. Like I said, Donna didn't want to come back and then she changed her mind. She decided the fight wasn't over. She had a character arc even after death. <laughs> Jeez. Um, It's the greatest writing tool, you know, as a, as a creative writer, the ability to give your characters character arcs, even after death is (laughs) unlimited resources. (laughs) Top tier. Uh, (laughs) But only if they want to come back with vengeance or some other, like. like, (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing that I think arrow hit well, despite it bringing a lot of characters back from the dead Every single time, maybe not every single time, I won't make it such an absolute, but just about every single time, a character came back from the dead on Arrow, there were crazy consequences to doing so. They either had bloodlust, they wanted like crazy revenge that they were hell bent on. Like it wasn't, it what it made it seem like it wasn't necessarily the great, the best decision to do. When Oliver came back, he came back as like this ghost creature <laughs> um, like a specter like, yeah there there was there was consequences to coming back and it's like if you're gonna do that yes there needs to be consequences because otherwise all you're doing is yeah sure it's creative that you're adding character arcs even after death but you're removing a lot of stakes and making death somewhat arbitrary right because um, it's like even though, yes, they were fighting ghouls on their way back, and that's why Hawk has to stay behind. Can't he just find another way to go? Like, he has unlimited time, you know? As long as as long as he doesn't lose his motivation, he can just keep trying. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Um. Like, there was a physical barrier, because, like, the bridge they were walking on, like, broke. But it's like, you've got unlimited time, dude you could right. you could try and repair it um yeah i don't know it's a crazy show but the episode finally came now i have no idea where the show's going because that was the only episode that i was like this event has to happen uh i was surprised about the bruce thing i didn't expect that in the episode um but yeah now hawk <laughs> also the the other weird thing do you remember the titan's trucked episode yes Which i believe is titled hawk and dove yes uh the the first episode that really gives us the origin story of hawk and dove um where his was where they were raised together right him and donnie they were they I, were like i think so they were raised together i thought yeah so so like pseudo brothers um yeah uh donnie shows up at the end of the episode to hawk in this purgatory landscape and is like come on other people need our help here and it was like dude how have you not moved on you've been here for so long (laughs) wow (laughs) is he gonna come back then is he like dude i have no idea i would not be surprised if in season four we get another purgatory episode where hawk and donnie come back <laughs> but then kind of poor dove right she lost her mom <laughs> like... and that also is kind of weird because like now you can just be like oh, tell your family tell your family friends like hey whatever when you die make sure to hold that grudge because you'll have a chance <laughs> to come back if you're, you're there long enough yeah it's so weird It's so weird Uh, (laughs) like i said the raven uh, arc in the episode was pretty good it saved the episode uh watching raven like learn about what she can and what she can't do right um and what other people have suffered that's not just her life that's miserable (laughs) Um, well i'm glad they finally are teaching her that yeah Uh, I mean, her life's pretty miserable. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But but, yeah, it is nice. Uh, I can't wait for her to find out that Jason killed (laughs) Hank. (laughs) Um, That'll be a good one. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess I'm expecting her to show up back in Gotham next episode. Um, Otherwise, I have no idea where the show's going. Um, All right it's it's so nuts it's crazy man i don't know if we've ever talked about a show being like this nuts maybe legends of tomorrow just how wacky it was but Mm -hmm. i don't know if there's another show that was just like dude i don't i don't get it none of this makes sense yeah legends of tomorrow is kind of that crazy it's a strange show but legends of tomorrow is like more and anthologically crazy like, even though they sure. do have season arcs, each episode is kind of focused. Right, on, on an individual, individual timeline. An individual um, next time. And I'd say focused on, like, something completely extraneous. Absolutely. <laughs> like, um, but, yeah, whereas this is, like, a pretty tight story that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a nuts show, but I enjoy talking about it every week to vent to you about the nonsense that this show uh, and anyone else who's listening. You got first-hand experience to trying to make it understand for you. I'm getting second-hand experience and it doesn't make yeah. any sense at all. It doesn't need to. Uh, unless these three episodes really turn it around, I don't think I'm watching season four. I'm <laughs> off. I'm done. It's getting too crazy, man. That's really bad because no other show that we have followed has done that to you uh runaways i didn't finish yeah i, I was thinking dc house but yeah, yeah runaways was fair well i mean dc house i haven't finished flash or supergirl or any that finished star girl i haven't finished star girl either okay <laughs> mind Stargirl trying- they're still making i mean they're still making flash but like but we don't follow that anymore yeah i i don't have an interest to follow it anymore nope. um because flash is too repetitive the supergirl vr arc really went nonsensical to my mind just that one line of dialogue where they said they're making this like vr reality for like ptsd people but they're gonna make it for everyone so that they could fund it and it was like truly the metaverse kind of thing and it was like really awesome but then like two people like committed murders with it and someone was like cheating on their wife with it and they were like i can't believe someone would use this technology for evil and i was like what do you think technology is <laughs> i was like technology is inherently just a tool <laughs> like <laughs> it's like hammers aren't evil they can be used to build or they can be used to kill as we learn in thor <laughs> Like that's true like what do you think technology is when they said that line i was like i'm out how could you not build like you build a vr setup and you didn't anticipate people cheating on their spouses in this alternate reality like that was an easy thing to imagine uh, it's like the first thing that comes to your head and then you think like oh we actually used for good as well <laughs> right yeah i i go to the negative things first <laughs> um but yeah, when that show did that, I was like, no, how, how is that logic? <laughs> like, that's too much for me as an engineer. That hurts me. Um, but and it's not to say it doesn't happen in real life, but it's very frustrating when it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And if flash was too repetitive. That woman, it didn't feel like they knew what, where they were going, um, I mean, maybe season two finally hit its stride, but based on the viewership,
1: it seems like, like so. other
0: people don't think so. <laughs> um, Legends of Tomorrow, like you said, is too crazy. This show's too crazy. Stargirl, Stargirl at least sort of made sense. Season one until like the finale, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part it made sense. All right. Uh yeah. So that's titans we can jump on over to what if episode seven out of nine um and then we'll jump into star wars visions where we'll break down every single episode which this could be a long long episode long friday episode could be a fun one though um what'd you think of what if episode seven i thought it was interesting um neutral word yeah i don't really know so I would have, first off, when you told me the the title of it, I was like, wait a second, this doesn't really make sense. Right. Because, it's like, what if Thor was an only child or something? Yeah, what if Thor was an only child, and so, my mind immediately uh, shot to Hela, and I was like, okay, well, he right. didn't really know who she existed at all until later. But they're talking about Loki, and I was like, well, he's not really their brother. Like, <laughs> we, we heard in Avengers, he's adopted. Um, yeah. I don't know, it was interesting. Uh, we definitely got to see, like aside of what Thor could be when he has had like no one to stand against him ever. Right. Um, oh, yeah. That was weird. What about, but he what has so thoughts? much conviction in his life. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it sort of did at its core. It made sense that like, cause that is kind of the way he was at the beginning of Thor. Mm-hmm. But like, I just didn't care this was the least interesting episode to me. Like I didn't care that every, all these partying was going on. Sure. There was a fun moment with Darcy and Howard the duck,
1: that but like
0: other than that, I just didn't care. This episode honestly felt like um, it was like, Hey, here's all the people you recognize from the MCU. And they were just all at this party. like, Yeah. And I think that might've detracted a little bit from it. I don't know. just But like, it was weird though. Right. Cause like, when does this take place it felt like it was still near the same time as Thor 1 with like the Jane um, was trying to figure out with the the Jane scenes right um but are we saying that Odin but like Odin sleep like six years earlier than he would have normally which which maybe could have happened because remember they they even say in Thor that like he's been holding it off for so long true true so maybe he does go earlier but my issue is that like does Tony not get kidnapped by the 10 rings in this universe? And why, why does that not happen? What about captain America? That's a hundred years ago. What, what, what about that? Uh, like, like there were so many things about other Avengers that I was like, wouldn't they like shield. Wouldn't shield be calling those Avengers to go stop Thor. Like they're talking about nuking Thor. I was like, you have the Avengers for a reason. Like, that's why the Avengers initiative exists. (laughs) was to deal with external threats. Yeah. And like, go stop Thor. So where are those people? That's where I thought the story was going to go. And it just never went there. And I quickly realized it was never going to go there and just devolved into this earth party, which I was like, that makes no sense. Like, and then some of the stuff we saw was just, it was like just showing off. We saw Surtur like hitting on, um, yeah. Statue of Liberty. We saw a clip show. Yeah, really. It was, it, It was weird it's very weird and like the earth party makes no sense to me because it's like do we really think that if thor showing up and being in a jovial mood would make us not care about you know having enough money in our wallets to eat (laughs) like like how is thor solving that crisis right (laughs) like um so so it's just very weird uh, on a lot of levels, to me, it was my least favorite episode. I just was not interested at all.
1: I ha- I would have to look at
0: the other titles to remember them all, but I definitely don't think this is up high on my list. Yeah, it was funny. I had a good laugh for a lot of scenes, um, but story-wise, it was just kind of like a presentation. I don't know. It was just fan service. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of funny because it's the only one that has a cliffhanger. <laughs> That's true. (laughs) Um, That I suspect might be led up to in subsequent episodes. Because I think I saw an image of um, T'Challa Star-Lord that didn't look like it was from episode two. It didn't look like it was from that episode. So I was like, what episode could that be? And so maybe that Guardians of the Multiverse episode will see the the... unity of star lord captain carter right um thor captain marvel i guess is in here um i don't know if the zombie crew will come um (laughs) but but yeah just a handful of characters from previous episodes um to go fight ultron with the infinity stones yep that was uh Um, that's what i got out of that too which is pretty devastating i feel like although it was it was Vision inside Ultron, right? It was Vision inside Ultron. Vision's evil again, <laughs> dude. Vision's getting a bad rap lately, man. I say Paul Bendy must be having a blast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, oh my gosh, yeah. Vision, He's a long way from Jarvis. That's three times this year. <laughs> like, uh, in WandaVision, and then in episode, well, last week's episode, right? episode six and then episode seven that is crazy Three in a year but two back-to-back two back-to-back yeah they're hinting at something they're telling us (laughs) vision is evil um yeah yeah crazy cliffhanger um i i'm more excited about where it goes than this particular episode um yeah i don't know other than that i'm excited to see what what they have left, uh, it does look like there's going to be some inter mult- or multiversal war that's about to happen. Um, yeah. So maybe like the last episode, we'll see at, you said the characters, but maybe we'll just see like different locations or something. Where, could be that too. Yeah. No, um, we could see, see them beforehand. in isolation. Yeah. Right. Um, but other than that, I don't know. This episode was just again fan service. I I didn't like, what is there it. to talk about? That the school scene at the end, <laughs> like, what was the moral? What was the what was the point of this? it felt yeah. so much like a a child a children's episode that was like this is the party episode while the parents aren't home and they're literally scared about the parents showing up yeah like that was the threat of this episode is mommy coming home <laughs> it's like it must be terrifying if every other person was able to play along with that oh yeah yeah that's that's uh no, I'm for also I like talk really crazy difference between like when odin like falls into his odin sleep in thor and she like never leaves his side versus the instant he falls like, asleep all right love, now i'm going to- <laughs> i'm going on vacation <laughs> it's like you literally could have gone on vacation while odin was awake and that would have been much easier you know <laughs> you're kind of in charge here uh, uh, it was all silly. Very. Uh, it was cool to see. I will say redeeming aspect of the episode. Loki was blue. He was blue, and he was much taller. I didn't quite understand that, but I guess frost giants no, normally are know. frost giants normally are taller than Asgard Yeah, is. but he was a runt. That was the whole thing. He's know. not short by choice. <laughs> He's just short. An illusion. <laughs> perhaps um uh, maybe but he hasn't he didn't learn any of the magics so he didn't yeah i, I don't i don't know uh but it was oh. cool to see him blue <coughs> all right shall we get on to star wars it's also a bit before we move on okay. just one last thought it's also a bit disrespectful. I mean, Odin like kidnaps Loki for the sole purpose of Loki and Thor to be raised together and to be raised as brothers, to to bridge the two species. And this episode just spat in that face. That was like, had they have... not been raised together, they would have been as close as brothers. <laughs> that is true. That's a good point. <laughs> there would be no war with Jotunheim. There would be. <laughs> I was like, what? That's a little unrealistic. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, crazy. Yeah, we can move on to Star Wars Vision since we got nine episodes to talk about, and most of them will be much more optimistic. Uh, uh, a an anthology of stories ranging from familial conflicts to individual character growth, questioning their one's place in the universe, and following. Your destiny or going against it. Um, There was a lot of interesting stories told by these Japanese creators. Um, If you don't know what Star Wars Visions is, Star Wars Visions are, Star Wars Visions is, I guess. Yeah. Um, As the collective. Um, Well, it's a proper name. Don't ever correct. No. (laughs) Uh, uh, The. I lost my train of thought anyways. If you don't know what Star Wars Visions is, um, basically Lucasfilm uh, gave permission. Gave, gave uh, yeah, I'll just say permission. Because um, I don't know how, how, how much help they actually provided. But they basically gave permission to, I think, seven um, anime studios. Uh, and basically said, hey, tell some stories stories that could take place in the star wars universe they are not canon but like what 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 kind of stories could you tell get get another perspective um all of star wars has i assume been told by i mean it's either been george lucas or ryan johnson or jj abrams so those are all americans i believe so (laughs) um yeah, to, to get another perspective, anime is kind of on the rise and has been for the past couple of years. years. Uh, so what what fun stories can they tell us in this crazy universe, uh, even though it's not quite in the universe, but see, see where their head's at. What's their perception of Star Wars also? Um, and so even though it was seven anime studios, I think a couple of them were able to do two because that's how we get to nine episodes. Yeah um unless i just have the seven studios number wrong uh but that's what i thought it was and they're all pretty different uh there's some commonalities in fact one commonality is every single one of them has a force user Um, (laughs) every single um, one for a jedi or sith yeah jedi or sith um Yeah, that was the other thing is even though you couldn't quite pinpoint necessarily where they all took place, they all always mentioned Jedi or Sith (laughs) Um, because there's like one that talks about the Sith being gone for hundreds of years. And I was like, was that gone for hundreds of years like before a Phantom Menace or is that hundreds of years after Rise of Skywalker kind of thing? I just I didn't even try and place them on the timeline <laughs> unless they explicitly said like hey like the empire we, we were fine with the republic but now it's the empire yeah unless you yeah, said yeah. something like that did not care it was just somewhere just just within the Star Wars universe that's what I tried to yeah you know, and and then there was the ones that said that the Jedi have been gone for so long and there right. was the like Sith story and it was like oh this is an interesting like Elseworlds kind of thing that's going on here um, see I also I would have liked it because I, I was thinking this too that they were all had a Jedi or a Sith mentioned um because i was thinking that not just but as a main or or shown yeah yeah yeah. um but i was like you could just tell other stories that exist within this universe like they don't you could follow like a bounty hunter you could follow that's the thing that just in the star wars universe i don't know what your ranking is but i'm gonna go through my ranking i guess all right uh from the one i liked least to most okay if i can find my list so, yeah, there it is. So, uh, exactly what you said, and exactly what I was thinking, is there's one episode that I think they could have removed the Jedi aspect of the character. They could have used the same character, but just removed the Jedi aspect of it. And the episode, like nothing would change in the whole episode. And it's Tatooine Rhapsody, uh, which is my least favorite episode, specifically because he was a Jedi. I think that significantly hurt the move, the episode. Was, that's fair. I can I understand that. It, it didn't he he's like abandoning his destiny. He was in the war and just stumbles into this guy's van <laughs> and joins a band and uh, and then they get hunted and they get hunted by none other than Boba Fett. Cool to see him. Very excited yeah. to see a re- This is the only episode with recognizable characters which was cool. Uh, but and a recognizable setting i should True. add additionally um so they're getting hunted by boba fett but boba fett's not hunting them because there's a jedi amongst them he's hunting them for the hut that's amongst them because Jabba the Hutt wants his cousin or something and, and, I, his cousin. and I was like what is the point of him being a jedi there is no purpose to that other than to show us that he's running away from his destiny (laughs) which is not a positive attribute he turned his lightsaber (laughs) into a microphone he turned his lightsaber i was like dude that's so disrespectful that is a religious artifact like that's like singing with a cross or something like (laughs) microphone cross like (laughs) that's crazy um so i was just like yeah there's too many weird things in here at its core, I like the idea, though, because I like I like the idea of um, it's my least favorite, but it's not like necessarily because it's bad. OK, um, it's just my least favorite because I think a lot of things don't necessarily work in it. Mm-hmm. But I think the core idea of it's really good. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first one to say, hey, I want a, sh- a show or a movie about the pod racing scene. Right. I want to meet the racers have conflict amongst them, go to different planets and race amongst them. Give us some sort of formula one movie with pod racing. Um, or give us a cantina movie where it's like in the style of cheers, but with less comedy and you just have quirky characters hop in and our bartenders and staff get involved in these cookie adventures <laughs> that, that just take place with all these strangers in star Wars, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, tavern in the wild wild west you know like Mm -hmm. crazy stuff is happening um so like i'll be the first one to 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 hope for that so yeah following a band is exactly in that vein i'm all for that it just like (laughs) the way they get out of his execution is by getting java the hut to fund them (laughs) (laughs) Right. I thought for sure they were gonna use like the band as a cover and escape or something. I was but sorry. no, now they're just sponsored by them. They can tour the universe and yeah, yeah. It was, it was weird. I was like, that's kind of the kitty ending. I was like, I think it'd be more fun if they're on the run but still performing. They're like these outlaw, this outlaw band <laughs> that are right. being hunted by Jabba the Hutt, but really famous or something. <laughs> like that'd be cool. That's a fun dynamic. So I had this episode as my number six. Okay. Um, and if we want to just follow your list, I'll talk
1: no, about that. No, no, no. That. yeah.
0: What, what do you think of it, though? How do you feel about this episode? Um, I enjoyed it. I, I love rock, so I thought this was cool. Kind of like a small little band as they play. They get like, hunting down by bounty hunters. I don't know. It was really cool. Um, It was interesting to see Jabba and uh, Boba Fett, and I cannot remember. Ben Fortuna. Uh, they were a bit Fortuna in a different art style. Like, that was kind of cool, just to see their yeah. differences. Um, but I'm, the story as a whole, I liked because it really, f- aside from the weirdness of him being a Jedi and trying sure. down, it felt like a story that could just exist within the Star Wars universe, which is what I've wanted all along. Just, just a, an everyman story or, or whatever. Like, there's the whole galactic conflict that we've been following for however many movies and shows, and these guys just want to start a band, right? Um, so I really like the aspect of it but there were some issues um and there were a lot of other episodes that i enjoyed a lot more so i placed this at sixth yeah i also like the other band members mentality they're just like he's captured by java he's dead we got to go perform <laughs> elsewhere right <laughs> we got to make a living <laughs> it's like yeah i guess <laughs> yeah um. Wow, very brief in your thoughts. I guess it is number six, so you don't have to be passionate one way or another, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for sure, uh, but I had others that I enjoyed more. All right, maybe you can spearhead the next one. Toby, T0B1, made by the Astro Boy creators. How do I know that? It's obvious. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. Uh, This is actually my least favorite. Okay, so I have an eight, you have a nine. Uh, Yeah, so I really didn't enjoy it from the beginning um i think it's cool to see Asteroid in a different art style uh but other than that i as i said with the previous episode we talked about i really tried to imagine this just in a star wars universe and i couldn't picture any of this inside the star wars universe i was having a the entire time um with uh the elder i can't remember his name um <laughs> well not the elder but it no not the elder the but like the professor a, the professor sure um <laughs> like telling his droid of dreams and whatnot to go in for a certain way um he the dream the droid himself has dreams and aspirations yeah uh, where he's no longer a robot and a real boy uh it was really weird i would and we actually had to talk about this um, is very much if, a pinocchio story without the pinocchio ending <laughs> like, right right <laughs> um but we were talking about um just had it. Uh, okay, no, if if this episode is saying that in this Star Wars universe droids can dream, then what does that mean when C-3PO is like, "If you don't mind, like I'll shut myself off now." And he just like if you have to be if you have to be turned on to dream, C-3PO is scared of his dreams and just wants nothing. He wants nothing. He'd rather shut down than go to sleep. Right. right. <laughs> That's just terrifying. Yeah. Just more nightmares to that scene. Um, I also think this is one of I think two or maybe even three episodes where the. Um, child of the father figure or whatever uh, gets their father figure killed by specifically by doing an action. So Astro boy, sorry, uh, Toby. Uh, yeah. It's like two or three. Um, okay. Uh, Astro we'll get to the other ones when we get to him. Finds a ship and it's like, Hey, I'm just going to go. And then he specifically calls out for remaining Jedi. His actions <laughs> specifically lead to. Yeah. Uh, true. The professor's death. True. True. And I was like, you're dude that was crazy when you did also was like, <laughs> the other times the other times where the professor or father figure or whatever uh, like is killed because of them they always say like oh it's it's okay it's just that's just how it is that's other like it was always <laughs> like, every single time it happens and I'm like I don't want to hear this anymore um, and then he ends up fulfilling his legacy he finds yeah, I a kind feel of like soul. they <sighs> took the the theme of like Luke getting his aunt and uncle killed like that's very unintentional, you know, that like like Luke didn't even know he was being hunted. Right. right? And it happened. <laughs> Whereas Dude. all of these go out of their way to tell their enemies <laughs> what's going on. Oh, man, and then he finds a Kyber Crystal, he's a Jedi along, he builds himself a lightsaber. He's instantly good with a lightsaber because he dreamt about it. Right. Um True. facts. I, I don't know. I, I had a, l- a lot of issues. I couldn't, I could not picture this episode in a Star Wars universe. Yeah. I had a lot of problem with the droid things. I was like, if you would have just made Astro boy, a real boy, I would have had much less problems <laughs> with this episode. Cause a lot of my problems come from him being a droid. <laughs> oh, actually I took a picture um, when he, when he, when it rains and he's like missing the professor, he's crying. Yeah. tears in his face. I, it's I don't, very weird that like yeah. like are we trying to say that he is a real boy in like a it like it, with cybernetics general grievous style if we say that I guess I'm more okay with it but that that's no a real really movies. dark story to be telling and you didn't tell me any of that aspect so <laughs> so I can't give you that credit without it being revealed to me right um, I will say the reason why I put this in eight and not nine, Mm-hmm. i think the professor's goal is a really cool story and it's it would be a really cool story like post empire post uh i guess first order now but like all of these planets that have just like withered away or been destroyed and taken all their resources yes yeah, just... and have been raised from the ground up uh by the empire by the first order to to rebuild these worlds to, mm-hmm. to rebuild the biomes of the worlds and so i was like that is kind of cool uh, some sort of biology story <laughs> uh where they're just revitalizing the life on plant certain planets it's a slow process but like it's a cool goal um mm-hmm. and and the ending of it how they uh how like you got to give credit where credit's due um astro boy has all of these standard Jedi aspiration, young Jedi aspirations of adventure. And, you know, the very things that a Jedi does not crave. Um, And it, but, but by the end of the episode, he's very conscious that he's like, no, I'm going to continue the, maybe the boring life, but the life of revitalizing these planets. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that was kind of a a nice ending. Um, But otherwise I do have all the qualms you have as well. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. What's next on your list? It it was
0: a crazy one. (laughs) Um, It was very humorous. Um, I wonder if we have, no, this might be your number eight. Okay. I'm trying to think. Hold on. Okay. So this is your number seven. This is my number seven. Okay. Uh, It's either your seven or eight. Uh, It's definitely down here based on how you have messaged me about it. (laughs) And it's the twins. Okay. That's my number seven. Yeah, it's my number seven. Also, I thought I had it at six, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I should move it down." But I guess I already had it at seven, so it's perfect. I am surprised um, we did have something that matched, though. That nice. We had the same number. So yeah. Um, All right. What well, are your experiences about the twins. first? Whoa! I'll talk positively about it first. I'll okay. talk positively. You could talk negatively. Okay. <laughs> so much negative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you. I know you've got it more written out than I do. I do. <laughs> um, the first half of this episode is awesome um uh, we get this brother sister uh story being told but we're only getting it from the sister's perspective they're both sith's um they have this really interesting looking ship that's cool death star technology kind of standard stuff at this point mm-hmm. um nothing crazy kind of a, an interesting droid that's breaking things down for us um It's becoming very digestible. It's very understandable about what is happening in uh, where we're at. The information is all given from the beginning. Um, And then they're like, all right, let's power up the weapons. And it's a turn your key moment, which I think is great. Um, And she turns her key and she's waiting for her brother to turn his. But he's like on the other side of the ship where he has to turn his key and then the chair turns around and he's gone. Um, and then him fighting in the ship and now we start following him and we're like, oh, why is he kind of rebelling against right. the stormtroopers and whatnot. And uh, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and I, I just think it's a really interesting story. I think the art style is really good. Um, very vibrant. Um, I really love the look. Of all the characters and throughout all of these episodes, just the difference. Um, yeah, the even like, even though they're so average. vastly different, they all felt good. Yeah, yeah, I'm with that. Um, I I, I kind of like what you were talking about. Um, it, it was interesting seeing like these these twins that grew grown up in the dark side together, uh, or at least hearing about one side of the story. Um, also, it was just so interesting, like all that backstory we got, even though we didn't really get the backstory, but they were like we were made together that like they right. were clones or something. And, and I actually like, went back and looked at that scene. Cause there it was, was like sh- briefly flashes like them. And then, there like, was all this go. like cool stuff setting up this moment uh, for this episode. And I was just like, I, I was like enthralled by all of that aspect that there was so much detail to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you wanna, <laughs> why? Because uh, the why... second of the episode... <laughs> I, I want. First off, I want to. I have a question. Why would he sh Why would they allow him to have an X-wing? If they're fighting, that would, off, like that makes no sense to me. If I they're fighting know. off the Republic or whatever, and they know that the X-wing is like their <laughs> ship of choice, why? Why is he? Is he allowed to have one because it shows he's rebellious and he's not actually a bad person? So he <laughs> used Luke's ship. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. I was like, yeah, that that is so strange. That he's just got an X wing lying around. <laughs> it's like mm, that's not standard issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, very weird. The X wing is very weird, but that's not even the weirdest thing that happens. It's not. They um, fight over their energy source, which is like a, a very large kyber crystal. Yeah, um, and the fight. Quickly takes itself outside. Uh, he tries to escape, but she catches him outside into space. Outside into space, <laughs> and she catches him with her lightsaber whips, uh, right. which are very prehensile. Like they're not—they don't just like lash through stuff. They can like catch onto and grab. It's—it's—it's it's, yeah. it's really weird. They're like sentient. <laughs> kind of. They're very, very uh, on Octavius.
1: Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And and she has six of them. And so we got the we got the scene where like he pulls out his lightsaber. Oh, and it's a blue lightsaber. Um, right, also he's, true. Because he's a Sith, but he sure, um, but he doesn't feel that way. And she opens all of her lightsabers, and there's six of them. And I was like, "This is like—is this trying to out Grievous Grievous? Are we trying to like? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> are we trying to have a more terrifying scene? Um, <laughs> no one can out Grievous Grievous. Do you remember that Reddit thing of the Grievous where they add one lightsaber every day or something? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. got to like 200 or something. Um, I, I don't think there's ever been a more terrifying character entrance than gr- the animated Grievous from the 2003 movie. Oh, wow. Deep Where, cut. yeah. Like there's his entrance is terrifying. We never see him. It's it's always a shadow, like he kills all the Jedi and whatnot. Fantastic entrance. Okay, yeah. beside the point, but I wanna talk about that. Um that was an so awesome one. they're fighting outside in space as humans, uh, and they're not dying, first off. And that was my first issue. I was like, like you can't breathe out here. And if you right. can survive for a few seconds maybe and get back inside like you know Leia did, then right. I, I, it's easier to write off. But they're talking, they're arguing, they're fighting just in space. Um, right. As you do. And also Your like not- terrain. They're not even like in like an upper atmosphere of like a planet or something to like arguably say like there's some oxygen there. No, it's just deep space. They're Dude, just- I have always wanted that. I've always wanted a battle. I mean, like the Coruscant thing is so cool to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they're like just outside of the planet of Coruscant, you know, in uh, *Revenge of the Sith*. Mm-hmm. But yeah, continue. I'm sorry, dude. It's <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. And I was like, and so I had an issue with that. Um, uh, the the brother, um, Car 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 Car, Car- yeah. Um, somehow uses the giant kyber crystal and makes a very, very large laser lightsaber. It, first no, okay. he, he uses the small kyber crystal. Oh, is it a small one? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, c- they break it. Oh, into a shard. And, and his is, like, so tiny, and hers is, like, a fistful. <laughs> and so he puts it in, and we see this, like, rainbow effect of, of lightsaber colors, until it gets into one solid beam, and then the beam, like, launches, or, like, I don't know, 30s star destroyer. Yeah, cuts through a star destroyer. So he starts... Oh, I'd say flying like on the that, ship. it's like almost infinitesimal. Yeah. Right. Um, he like starts flying the ship into her into their uh Star Destroyers. And the beam like cuts through the ship first, and then it slows down and it goes like from underneath her body through her body to where it breaks her kyber crystal on her chest. And it doesn't damage her at all. And then it continues to cut through the rest of the ship. Yeah. It's and I, so weird. I th- when I first when it, okay when I first started blood like, cutting into her I was like what they're gonna commit to this like oh, it's actually you know I was like that's crazy I, I, I was about to have such oh man kudos to them if they had done that I know uh, and I was a little bit disappointed after that and I had issue with that uh, and so I, I had just gotten over that I had unpaused it and uh, the sister gets flung out into deep space and so their her droid companion from earlier goes to rescue her and the droid is wearing a bubble shield to protect so the, the droid can breathe I guess in deep space but she, you know like a our human GD2 always has right absolutely but she a human who has been fighting and breathing and talking and doing everything it takes no problem doesn't have any protection i lost it in that they gave I, the droid a shield i didn't first. even catch that but you messaged that image to me and i was just laughing so hard but the <laughs> droid has uh, an astra suit and <laughs> the human doesn't oh man i just couldn't with that i i had thought they're i had thought they're like um suit. Uh, engravings and whatnot were a really cool design from the beginning. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool, and it just went downhill, man. It went downhill real fast. Yeah, this, um, the suits not were not very fun. Vader-esque. True, um, but yeah, that second half it just went so crazy. Him standing on the X-wing while it's going hyperspeed, while, while he's got his infinite, infinitesimal lightsaber cutting through Star Destroyer, but not cutting through person. Like that. That whole sentence is just what the heck is going on. <laughs> Um, and then they, like he wakes up on like some planet and is like, no, she's alive. I feel her. It's because we're twins. I'll find her or something. And I was <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it's like, cool, I guess. I don't know. Man. Um, so yeah, that was my number seven. Yeah, same. It, was, it went real bad shit. Like, like it started out and it was like, all right, this is kind of Star Wars. I'm with it. And then it was just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> this is like the way we used to play when we were kids, which, you know, it's fun, but like, it's a little crazy. You know? Right. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah. I can talk about my, I can talk about my eight. Yeah. What's um, your eight? So I liked this one less than the twins one, which I had a lot of issue with. Right. Uh, this was Akakiri. Oh, okay. That's my number six anyways. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just thought this was the, the most forgettable episode. I understand uh, that. I, I really didn't... I had a hard time paying attention to it. Uh, the other side, whether I enjoyed them or not, was there for it. And This one, I just... I thought it was so slow. I really didn't... I don't know. I didn't really enjoy this one. It, went, it was the least memorable for me, and so I put it... It had to be above Toby, because I really didn't like that episode. Uh, but after that, it was the least... Uh, I think least the word is simple. It's very Maybe. simple. It's very straightforward. It it's is. Former Jedi... or I guess, yeah, former Jedi going to find his forbidden love that's what it says in the synopsis because um the Jedi aren't supposed to form attachments, um so he goes to his old girlfriend to help save her people, and she dies and ends up joining the Sith to bring her back, which they do, which is crazy they 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 uh they unpad made Padme I was like I was like, wow, <laughs> and they did it in fourteen minutes, yeah. And then and then he still joins the Sith. And I was like, wow. That, that part was kind of nice. He's going to to you. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't I don't know if it's lower. Um, it just wasn't it had less negatives in my opinion, which is I think is why I put it higher. Um like it is it a it's a sensible story. Um for the most part, made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say the, the Sith, she, (laughs) at one point I didn't, they were just like, the Sith is taking over or something like that. And then like, all of a sudden they, she, (laughs) when, uh, I forget what her name was, the Sith, but uh, she was like, I'm taking my people back from my brother. And I was like, Wait, she's your aunt? Did we know that? Did I miss that line? <laughs> yeah. um, I was like, "That's a whole different thing." <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of a nice story, nice love story. Um, those two other characters were kind of fun, mm-hmm. um, helping to transport them. Um, I also just liked I don't his- know if they were fun. I really didn't enjoy them. I think they had good moments. I, I think, I, I think they had good, good moments and bad moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really ultimately just, I also just liked the Jedi character. Um, I liked Akakiri and I don't remember his name. Um, the Jedi character seemed very similar to the one from the elder. Yeah. And I think that's why I liked him. Cause I really liked that stoicness mm-hmm. and um, that caring without showing that he's caring, but or showing, showing, but not telling that he's caring. Um, and so it's that aspect I really liked about it, but but yeah, I get what you mean. It is pretty forgettable, it's very simple, very yeah. simple. Um, number five, Lapanocho. also my number five. Nice, crazy. It's like we watch the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, at least you didn't get them all the same. So I will say my top five, I think are all very good. Well, considering uh, all of our top five are the exact same. Well, my top five, <laughs> uh, we'll I, don't know about, I don't know about yours, but my top five are very good. <laughs> um, we have the exact same top five. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed them. Um, I mean, not necessarily in the same order, but um, that's true uh but yeah i really enjoyed all five of these and i enjoyed them enough that i was like i kind of want some form of these to be canonized you could change them a little bit because they all have kind of small little problems with the Mm -hmm. canon but but just tweak them redo them like work with the creators and make a canon
1: right Um, give it a little story give it a
0: full give it a full hour and a half or something um Really expand on it, but Absolutely. but tweak it a little bit to make it make sense in Star Wars. Um, but but Lop and Ocho being, I guess, the lowest of that, only because yeah. I think the other four were very... Certainly my top three, but I think the other four were super good. Um, and, and I'll say that about each one. I mean, like, the top four were super good. Then the top three were crazy good. Then the top two were amazing. And the number one is just awesome and should be canonized immediately. I think... I think I know exactly what your order is going to be. Okay. Um, it's not But yeah, Lapanocho I think was fun. We watched these two uh, surrogate sisters that are kind of this, I don't know if he's a gangster, but he's a prominent figure um, on this world. Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely um, Yakuza. And then, yeah, quick, as the empire took hold, kind of fell into this Yakuza role of, but in order to help people, you know, of, to to scare the empire away, doing right. um, some guerrilla warfare against the empire, and the empire's trying to stop them. And then uh, we get that always a great story when family turns on family in Star Wars, very repeated. But <laughs> um, but it was really interesting because like the reason so Ocho is the blood daughter, and yes. Lop is adopted. And I was just thinking, like, Lopani, like, the, the Pokemon. Like she kind of looks like it, too. <laughs> yeah, so um, I just kind of look like the Pokemon. Um, oh. Or at least a humanoid version of Pokemon. Right. Um, and, but yeah, so, like, Ocho being the blood daughter, Lot being adopted, but being raised together, they're very close, and they don't want to fight each other. But Ocho uh, is working with the Empire to save her people while their father is actively working against the empire to become free from them. As you know, all of us should be on this, his side against uh, the empire. <laughs> uh, I was, I was listening to like his argument when they were arguing still as a family. Uh, he was making like all the right points about the empire. And I like, he, he was correct. And then this was a rebellious daughter. It wasn't like, it wasn't, the daughter would have said like, Oh, he's an old man. It's it, that's old society. This is the new, no, she was actually wrong and he's actually. right. <laughs> and the thing that I really liked about the episode is that like when she like went with the, he probably wasn't a governor, but, mm-hmm. um, whatever that Imperial leader was, maybe he was a governor. I guess that's not super mm-hmm. high up. Um, but when she went with that governor, uh, and he was like objectively evil; <laughs> like it like was cut and dry. Yeah, I uh, that she just does not understand what she's doing. Um, and Lop, when she sees both, she's like, "I'm pretty sure Dad's right." <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and but it was interesting that like they they were fighting each other, but not because like Dad. Dad favored you over me, or something like there. There wasn't any of that argument. Um, it, it was all very just Lop like was fighting to get her sister back. It was really just about the Star Wars politics, <laughs> yeah. Which uh, it was really interesting. Um, and yeah, Lop just totally motivated to get her sister back. Um, and then also that crazy cool lore about their family being gifted a lightsaber by some ancient Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, that's cool, sure. Um, and so it's kind of cool that even though she's wielding a lightsaber, she's not a force user, presumably. Um and so it's just I, I thought it was just super interesting. Um I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good episode. It also um, has my favorite droid out of all of them. It's not named. It's just there. It's that little pill droid that floats around Lop. I think it was a cute thing that I want a plushie of that had no consequence to the story. That's cool. (laughs) I was like, yes, a droid that is not acknowledged. (laughs) I appreciate him. (laughs) A droid that is not making the story about him. (laughs) Uh, So I I really like that droid favorite droid out of the nine. That was definitely an interesting one. Um, I liked it. I could absolutely see it. Now, not every episode had a droid, but, uh, but of the droids my, present, of the droids present, it was my favorite. Understandable. Um, uh, what was your four? What was your four? Oh, you you didn't want to say anything extra about? I kind of rambled. You did, five. you did, but uh, you brought up a lot of points that I really okay. enjoyed, and you had more than I did. I just I thought it was a really good episode. I liked the story. I, I really enjoy how um, we can feel like the culture, the heritage of these people. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It felt and real. that came out. Yeah, it felt real. That came out really strong in this episode, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh another one that kind of that exact same sentence, you can really feel the culture is my number four, the village bride. That's my four. Nice. Nice. Do you want to talk about this one in case um, we have the same points again? <laughs> uh I really enjoyed this one. Um again, it was the tradition. It, it really felt like a, a people that just lived within the Star Wars universe. It was just like they, they had nothing to do with it. Um the, the the jedi and the force users came to this location they came to this planet um and i loved it like i i love these little day in the life stories uh that's what i want more one shots in marvel I want, I want things like this um and i don't know I, I don't understand quite i don't quite understand the the planet's force the planet's sentience um yeah that was pretty interesting it's, it seems like a it's like an, an a, interesting point that i want to learn more about though sure 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 um yeah, good episode i i don't really remember much about the villains of it the villains were remember. bandits um oh the were, bandits that had the droids gonna, and they yeah they had the b1 droids and they were also going to kidnap slash marry um, the leader of the village, right? And she was going to go along with it so she could protect the rest protect of the people. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty compelling story, and I think it's the only one that's not true. Um, it's this one and my number three, which is the Ninth Jedi. Um, both of those are the only ones really that had like an A and B plot that did converge at the end. Um, but this one more so I think because uh, at first the A and B plots felt completely separate um, and so we have this story about this village about um, this guy I don't know if he was her brother or the guy who actually brother. liked her or <laughs> it was really <laughs> unclear I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be her brother but I, yeah. to be honest I'm not sure this guy helping uh, the princess queen of the village Uh, fulfill this ritual before she gets married to the bandits to protect the village. And so we're mostly focusing on that and focusing on the village customs. While at the same time, we also get these two strangers in the woods and they're talking very coy about the former war. And um, we eventually learn that one of them is a former Jedi and she lost her master in the war and she's like lost her purpose um and so she's watching these customs take place on this world as her new mentor is helping her out and then the bandits come and she accepts her destiny and she she decides the fight's not over there's still there's still people out there that need her help Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just a really cool story like i said the culture is a huge impactful part but i also think um again i don't know her name um there, there are a lot of episodes where names just weren't said <laughs> of all the characters, which I can appreciate. Um, it's just hard to talk about. Right. Uh, Good but she, yeah, but seeing her, like when she stepped out into the open and said, no, I will protect this village. <laughs> and it was just like, wow, cool. Like nice, <laughs> powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah it was just really heartwarming i enjoyed it S- super good uh my number three is the ninth jedi you didn't say you two, so i'm assuming it's not your number three it is not my number three my number okay. three is the elder ah okay okay uh so ninth jedi where do you have the ninth jedi then it's my number two okay The ninth Jedi I think is awesome. And the only real problem I have with it is that there's some slight misunderstandings about lightsabers and the force. (laughs) Other than that though, spectacular episode. I agree with that. I think this episode is very well done. Um, I, my issue as well is that it doesn't, he said he made some modifications uh, and his modifications apparently let the lightsabers Kyber crystal change color. Uh, which is depending on the user to me allegiance. yeah and i don't think kyber crystals are chromatic so yeah not to my knowledge not yet not until they need to sell those toys that is true but, but- i was like man they disney is definitely going to canonize this to sell toys <laughs> <laughs> I, absolutely. uh aside from that i i was like i just really want this to actually be exist within yeah star wars the other thing like, was also started. he was like i also put on a modifier to where it could change its length i was like that already exists that's already a thing in the star wars universe <laughs> that people could change lightsabers lengths <laughs> like uh but it changes based on their power within the force yeah i was like so his daughter's is yeah. like three times the length of a normal lightsaber <laughs> right um, I was like that, that borders into the twins, <laughs> uh, problems, but, uh, yeah, the change of colors thing I thought was weird. Cause I was like, no, the whole point is that like, you're drawn to the one that is like natural to you. It's representative of what you stand for. Um, yeah. Whether it's, I think yellow is about protection and green is, uh, more force oriented. Blue is more lightsaber oriented, more physical. Blue is combat. Um, green is like philosophy. Yeah. Yellow is the sentinels. Right, protection. Uh, I forget what orange is, and purple is like this towing the line, um, which we see a purple lightsaber wielder in this episode. We do because his uh, allegiance was a little bit flaky. I feel like he that was the allegiance. only thing that wasn't done super well was his character. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. It just wasn't done super well. No, because we didn't know it until I already finished. We didn't know it until it, finished, like, oh, oh, it, oh, until oh. it was important. <laughs> right, right. So like, if we had um, had some dialogue of him where we, he was like, "Wait a second, that sounds a little slightly off or something." Yeah. I would have maybe made his character a little bit more interesting but right but otherwise this very short 15 20 minute episode had two twists in it and they both got me they both worked <laughs> <laughs> they both shocked me we followed this jedi ethan um it's hard to call any of them jedi but um yeah they're this mm. these four sensitive people um they get summoned to this rock where this person has commissioned, this leader has commissioned new lightsabers to be made. So it's really interesting. He wants lightsabers to fallen he, out of... He wants to restore the Jedi Order, and so he's making lightsabers for him. I was like, first off, restoring the Jedi Order should probably start without the lightsabers. <laughs> I was like, it's a, you, you probably first want to intensify the philosophy of it's the a religion. Of oh. the people using the force. It's religion of war. Yeah. I was, I was like, um, probably not the best way to start it. Right. But, uh, But that was because there was a piece of info that we didn't necessarily know at the time. Um, and so he shows up and there's all these other force sensitive people out here, all these Jedi that answered the call. And um, then the B-plot, the daughter of the Sabersmith cool idea but you know it's a product of the times in star wars that like someone would have to make the lightsabers for him because it's a lost art that even the jedi don't know how to make it anymore um so, so it's kind of a cool idea um and get attacked really sad um and she escapes the lightsabers brings it up to the planet and distributes the lightsabers which at point we find out that the other people, except Ethan, are not in, in fact Jedi. They're not answering the call, but they killed the people or captured. And they captured and put them in like hiding or something. They captured the the Force users that were supposed to answer the call and took their place. And they're in fact Sith acolytes, um, showing up to kill any other Jedi's that showed right. up. And so it's like an eight on one fight. Um, And then she decides to help him out, and maybe she. And then she turns out to be a force user also. Um, And so it becomes an eight on two. And then we get the second reveal during the fight that the leader of this people that commissioned the lightsabers was there the whole time and kind of knew that there was a betrayal and wanted to make sure that everything was all right, which in fact it wasn't. And he's actually a pretty well. Well practiced Jedi and is able to save the day. And I'm glad he f- uh, felt. I'm glad he felt strong enough about this to do this because the last time he called Jedi, they all got killed. So last right. time he called, yeah. So he got them killed, and now he's like, "Well, now I got to make up for it." He fixed his it. mistake, did it again, and now killed the Sith. Right, right. Um, and is now ready to restart the Jedi Order um, with these proteges and and it, he calls her the Ninth Jedi. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Why? So I think
0: it's because he had eight names on his list. There were supposed to be eight Jedi that that came, even though only one comes. Right. Um, I guess that makes her the ninth. It does make me wonder about the guy who turns back to good. Is he now 10 or was he counted but turned to the Sith? He's now 10, I think. Or did he recognize him and he was like, hey, you were on my list. Are you sure you're a bad guy? are you sure about that? And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, and uh, that, that part was cool. Cause at first I was like, and they're all human. And then I was like, Oh, and he's not. All right, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just really well done. The twists really landed the um ambiguous dialogue about like that all these Sith characters pretending to be Jedi were making. They're like, I've never met him. Have you met? (laughs) And all that stuff. And I've never seen a lightsaber before. (laughs) Um, And it was just like, oh, really coy. And it is a really interesting story to tell. Um, But if that's the case and they've been Sith the whole time, as we're told, then why when a lightsaber was presented to them the first time, did he hand it off to the kid? (laughs) Given one of those weapons, if a single person had a lightsaber, you think it'd be over. Yeah. So he was like, you know what? Instead of actually winning now, I'm gonna give it to the kid. And maybe, maybe we'll get the others that are supposedly existent. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But I don't know. I I think it's a story that could be built upon um Mm -hmm. and really developed. I think it also um it kind of opposite parallels the the inquisitors um in in the sith that darth vader was training where mm-hmm. they're their first brother and second sister and stuff like that and now we have the ninth jedi kind of thing and so that that level of counting is kind of interesting mm-hmm. um, like i said it would be an interesting story to expand upon um, number two i have my most anticipated one. I was very sup. It was the first episode in the season, and so after I watched it, I was like, "This is going to be my favorite episode," and it was number two. So, <laughs> um, it was my favorite episode. It was your favorite episode, the duel. Super cool, super cool episode. Everything about it. It's my favorite art style out of all of them. Absolutely. It feels. Now there's a lot of them. It's not the only one, but. Um, a lot of them, you can very much tell the Japanese roots, the, the old samurai movies, uh, that those roots of storytelling and the framing of shots, but this one, you feel it the most it's black and white. It feels like the origins of star Wars. It feels like Kurosawa, you know, and it feels like those old samurai movies, there's shots of just landscapes and wind. I was like, that's a samurai movie. (laughs) Like, right. The wind is insane in this. Um, and my two favorites, this one and the elder, um, they're the most samurai out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's partly why I like them, but they also both follow very stoic protagonists, and, um, very mission oriented. Uh, but but yeah, this one was just really good. It was really interesting. There's so much going on uh, with this conflict of again village being attacked by bandits uh um, the ronin comes in the the samurai warrior with the master he's that which sounds like a jedi warrior honestly I, I, on imdb he's even listed as master ronin
1: well because that's, that's spoken in the show yeah.
0: <laughs> like it's great like i was like wow on the nose but cool
1: yeah no i was um, really enjoyed that
0: it works um and uh the twist in this one lands really well that oh turns out the bandits are being led by the sith and when the ronin comes up to meet him oh no a jedi but actually also a sith or something he, pull, he pulls out a red saber he pulls that, out a red saber to that's fight, kind of like... the problem with this episode is they're very much like it's red and therefore must be a sith i was like mm, no that was <laughs> spoken that was spoken in the episode i was like i don't i don't know if that's quite the case we don't need we know we don't need to deal in absolutes so much. um but yeah it was and then their whole combat was super cool and her lightsaber umbrella at first was crazy uh something only the japanese could come up with to be honest i i don't think it worked quite when she used it as an umbrella to float fall. <laughs> that was weird because i don't think it's gonna be generating much lift as it's just murdering the air that- <laughs> but it has been Sorry. done before in star wars Ugh. So the Inquisitors, their blades spin. They have the double oh, lightsaber spins. Yeah. They've used yeah. them before as kind of umbrellas. Like it's that. weird, I but like I just assumed that they're like using the Force a little bit and helping it along. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, yeah, it, it's a little confusing, but yeah, hey, I mean, Jedi could jump crazy distances without taking damage anyway. So that's true. That's you don't true. need you don't even need the umbrella aspect. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then their fight was just awesome. Um and then super intriguing. Um, and the whole thing where he's like, uh, my drink must be repaired before this water boils. I was like, oh, a boils, <laughs> That's and our he, <laughs> And you press the button, like you hear the tea whistle and like that's as it happens. They're like, oh, wow. So uh, it was incredible. Um, I was kind of confused at the end when he, get, he gifted the like umbrella holster sheath, whatever, um, to the guy. He's like, really? You'll give this to me? And I was like, Who, why does... <laughs> He's what, not gonna hold on it. To it. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I mean I think it has already took the kyber crystal out, so like it's not useful. Right. It doesn't have the kyber crystal, but I think it does have like intricate circuitry mm. um to you know, channel the kyber crystal, you know. True, true. It's capable of wielding such power sources. It should be pretty intricate engineering. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean it was your favorite episode, man. I I enjoyed every second of it. I don't. I'm not quite as um, eloquent in my words as you, um, but I I thoroughly enjoyed every single moment from this episode, from beginning to end. It was incredible. The fight scene uh, with the waterfall where she G- uh, water- brought the log to like part some water. So yeah, fight, cool. uh, it was incredible. Um, yeah, from beginning to end, I really enjoyed this. Uh, the twist at the end where he had, he opened his like coat sleeve and he had a several red kyber crystals and he gifts the whole thing was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I liked the culture idea of um, like the, the, first born male has to be the father. So like, or not father Sorry, like the, the, um, the man of the house. And so like, as his dad was unconscious, cause he was acting chieftain the that I really enjoyed all that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was just really powerful. Like, is he, and it was just, it was super good. And then I was left with so many questions at the end, I was like, wait, is he some sort of Sith Hunter or is he a Kyber Crystal Collector? Is he trying to build a weapon? Is he, what is he? What, what? I just assumed, I assumed Sith Hunter. I assumed that too, uh, that he's probably a former Sith and hunting down like all his old brethren. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that he's like holding on to all these knickknacks, maybe to bury them all together or something. Maybe. Um, or to the, or try and it. destroy them or maybe purify them. Maybe he'll go the Ahsoka route and try to purify the kyber crystals. It is the only story that we have confirmation of additional material being published for it. It is getting a tie-in novel. Still not canon so far. Uh, but it is getting Tie a tie-in novel, in novel makes it seem very much like it's going to be canon. Well, no, it's just tie-in novel to whatever its story is. I mean, they're standalone Star Wars novels. Um true. But yeah it's just a little extra to this story but i agree with you i mean i think this thing should be canonized in some form of fashion Um, absolutely canonize the master ronin character and tweak the story just a little bit um to make this sith hunter realistic to star wars i guess Uh, but yeah just super interesting uh and then what was the other thing the not just the art style, but the black and white aspect, and then coloring all of the energy, the the lightsabers and the blaster bolts, like is very powerful, um, mm-hmm. a lot more intense, I think. Uh, but yeah, so good, so good. Uh, my favorite episode, though, The Elder. This was it- my third yeah um but it was just so hard with all of the final ones like the top three yeah um but thoroughly enjoyed this and i fully agree that this should be canon i love the um the other. i feel like you could drop in canon right now right? <laughs> just as a, some jedi right like, like almost no change needs to be made to this and and it really felt like they were trying to build in a lot of lore because his paddle was like out of all the like jedi you've been out here to the most of the outer rim like it really felt in. it really felt like a, a piece of this universe yeah um so good um and i gotta say i love the relationship between dan and master Tajin, uh who's voiced by david harbour Um, (laughs) i thought it sounded familiar (laughs) yeah um and uh i gotta tell you just off of this episode i was like you know if we get more more content with master Tajin he's already like one of my top five favorite Jedi. Like <laughs> he's already up there. He's awesome. He, he, he gives those words of wisdom. He's like a Jedi Jedi strives for, I forget what it is, but a, a balance uh, and balance and stillness. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's so cool. <laughs> and then, but he's also like, don't count me out of the mountains just yet. Um, there's some dialogue that maybe doesn't land super well. It's a little on the nose, but, um, Mm -hmm. but Dan is this very stereotypical, uh, young Jedi kind of very similar to, uh, uh, Astro boy, uh, (laughs) that he's thrill seeking. He seeks adventure. I mean, he's just like Luke also. Uh, it's very stereotypical. I was going to say like Obi-Wan. Yeah. Or maybe Anakin. Yeah. It's very stereotypical of these young padawans, these young apprentices, to to crave more excitement, more adventure, conflict, even, Mm -hmm. Um, and then they're actually faced with it. Uh, But yeah, they're they're kind of like buddy cop counter personalities, and but how they respect each other, and and then they feel this dark force on this planet or whatever, and they're directed to this old man on the mountain and Dan finds him first craving his adventure he finally gets it and he's not able to to meet it um he fails and uh i almost thought he died <laughs> the way the shot goes down yeah the way they shot it it definitely felt like he was dead i was like and- oh man this is crazy um i'm only happy he survives kind of because to see more of their dynamic together <laughs> um right but it's like otherwise i was like this is a metal story if he dies though (laughs) um and then master Tajin comes and he uh challenges the elder and is able to defeat him with dan's help with dan's help um and but then doesn't claim the glory of the kill and gives us even more wisdom that is just like so powerful and it's oh it I didn't defeat him his old age defeated him and soon my age will defeat me and you will grow more powerful but that is the way of the universe that here the old is teaching the weak so that the weak can become the strong which will eventually become the old and it's like man that is some heavy stuff that is awesome uh, and I loved it all, and the culture of it all, very lived in about how much he knows about this culture. He knows they don't like strangers. He knows they don't know other villages. They're all they're all very unknown to each other. They're very remote. He knows the food they eat. He, know, like, he knows there, the wildlife. There's so many details to it that it's like, dude, he's awesome. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, he reminds me so much of the jedi master that you're kind of following uh he's he's a little bit more stoic and about it but he reminds me his like knowledge base reminds me so much of the jedi master that i can't think the name of that's in the fallen order game Mm -hmm. that you're kind of following the trail of like he's dead and you're following the trail of because bd1 the droid is his droid um and so you're like follow re- retracing his steps and he he was like very knowledgeable about the zepho people and so you get all of these facts about the zepho and all the places that the zepho went and all these artifacts that the zepho knew about and it was like man this is just so cool <laughs> and then the fact that cal's special like force power is to retrace memories you get even more of that and um and it felt like very similar to that knowledge base. And it was just, it was just awesome. And it, it was such a simple story that was so powerful though. Right. Um, and the lightsaber fight was great. It was cool. That technique, <laughs> the way it ended, and where he turned thing. off the saber and then, and stopped it and moved Re-adjusted in and it. Readjusted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think out of all, cause like aside from watching Star Wars, I, I've done like a little bit reading about the different sports like, um, lightsaber styles the different whatever yeah, I, think and I think that's definitely one of the most dangerous um techniques at least in, in lightsaber is to like when you're in blade lock with someone to turn yours off and then go through and turn it back on because right that, it's a technique but yeah you <laughs> there's shouldn't. a lot of force coming towards you right and if you fail it you only can fail it once like you, you can't get a lot of practice yeah um but i saw that and i was like oh that's so cool it was great yeah i really love this episode because i think it captures everything that like star wars is it captures these alien cultures it captures the good versus evil sometimes even meaningless evil you know Mm -hmm. and then also the thrill-seeking youth and um the the wise master um and then also great lightsaber fighting awesome technique and stakes real stakes to it um had he not come, his apprentice would have died. And I did like the little mention of Sith holocrons. Um, yeah. With the Master Taijin had said, like, like, I don't recognize this stuff, but like, I've seen something like it from like, the Sith holocrons, and I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Like I said, they really try to make this episode feel like it could fit within, it could just be dropped into the yeah. Star Wars it's, aw- it's awesome. And then the fact that, and then afterwards, even the ending of it, though never mind the dialogue but again left with questions the elder turns to like ash which we've never seen happen before and he detonates his ship what is he trying to hide right i thought he was just doing this for the fun of the fight that's what he claims right Mm -hmm. that all his his sith brothers were just too busy competing with each other he just wants to go kill jedi (laughs) um and so it's like was he lying is there more to it yeah, what was he on the planet for in the first place yeah what was he on the planet for in the first place so yeah there's so much to this episode that i was just like this is awesome star wars um like i said the top five in my list um the the elder the duel the ninth jedi the village bride uh, and Lop and lapanocho all awesome some need a few more tweaks than others but i think if they could find a way to tweak them and incorporate them tell more stories with those characters mm-hmm. it would be very exciting um for most of us at least <laughs> um, well they could definitely give it a season two and follow those five stories if those were the yes yeah, that that's the other thing i was thinking i was like what if they do a season two to where they give i think we were talking about it with what if we were talking about what if with what if that yeah so, wasn't so if what if season two assuming that they don't combine at the end of season one which it now um, looks, sorry, it looks like they might <laughs> but assuming they didn't what if like season two some of them got sequels we got captain carter episode two we got t'challa star lord episode two we got marvel zombies episode two kind of stuff um I just, I just and and then one. also in those slots where we don't maybe get an episode two, we don't necessarily need a sequel to that Doctor Strange story. So maybe we get a new original story in that slot. And I just thought of something uh, about what if, and I think it's important. Um, what if some of these stories, like Captain Carter and whatnot, get famous enough that if they are really trying to combine this, we get like a live action of her? Came there, from what if? There are rumors already of. Uh, them like vision they, them or... trying to figure out uh, Captain Carter live action and a zombies live action. Well, I don't care about the zombies live action, but I mean the character. Yeah. That we Those are the if, two ones, though. Um, the one with like like the character at the end, the Captain Carter that we get that came back after fighting the squid monster. Right. If like through whatever Doctor Strange Ultimate timeline message, thing, whatever, yeah. uh, we get live action Captain Carter. Yeah. Like, she pops through a portal or something. I think that'd be kind of cool. It would be cool eventually for sure we got to get that eventually at least right right. if not soon later Um, but yeah if if uh, they did something similar for visions i guess i can't complain about that either Uh, talking about them maybe they do a season two and for these really good ones that maybe have mass appeal um i mean i don't know maybe other people like the other episodes I, i don't know i don't know what other people's rankings are but our sample size is pretty small right now out of two of us they were very similar they were (laughs) Um, and then and so like those ones that are very beloved maybe they do give them a sequel story or just Mm -hmm. another story with those characters and then in some of those other ones they give those creators opportunity to tell other stories or try to tell other stories and keep trying until you get a hit you know (laughs) true (laughs) Um, But it was super good. I loved all the art styles. I can't wait to see what comes of this, if anything. Uh, I got to imagine with the duel and the elder that something's going to come of it. Because everything I've seen about them is people talking positively. Right. Um, And I'm trying to think what else. Um, The thing. Oh, so one of our friends messaged me and was like how do I watch this in Japanese? You know, cause it's anime. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't even think about that when I watched it. I just watched it in English. It was done. Disney plus I watch things in Disney plus in English. And so I was like, that didn't even occur to me. I was like, I wonder how it is in Japanese. And then I realized that if you do want to watch it in Japanese, you can just change your language on Disney plus. That being said, I don't know if you're intended to, even though it's made by Japanese creators, I don't know if you're intended to, because they got a lot of voice actors um, to do this show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me pull up the cast. Just talking about like some of the recognizable ones. Actually, I think I wrote it up somewhere. Um, Where is this thing? Um, Allison Brie. Andrew Casino, who is voices Sagarera in, in the clone wars. Wow. Um, Jamie Chung, Kyle Chandler, Henry Golding, Joseph Gordon, Levitt, David Harbour, Neil Patrick Harris, James Hong, uh, also Lucy Liu, Simu Liu, uh, Tamara Morrison. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I was like, they, they really got a pretty good cast to do a lot of these voices. Those are just the ones I recognize. I'm sure the other ones are very prominent. I, I just <clears> immediately grabbed onto those no- names. Uh, and there's plenty others. But <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, wow, <laughs> this is like, really cool. That um, they got kind of this, this mix of uh, Japanese voice actors and American voice actors to fill these roles as needed right um, man I, I'm a little upset that they dropped all at once I was kind of hoping that this would be like a weekly thing it was a very big surprise surprised um, me too but man watching these was incredible it was great I I kind of wish they would maybe done like two, two, two a week because like you get two short stories yeah they're really about. short so maybe two um, but yeah. I it really enjoyed seeing stories set in, in a Star Wars esque universe uh from like different um intellectual creators. It was really cool. Right. Yeah, I it, it was cool. Uh even though it's not canon, that's a little disappointing. Um in some regards. But um yeah, others no, not so much. But 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 I think it's a good it's a good way to do a trial run. I mean, like way way back in the day George Lucas kind of gave free reign to writers that he was like, Hey, if you write it and I like it, it's canon. Like that was the old way. Um, And we got some great lore out of that, um, that George Lucas really built upon. Um, And Dave Filonia subsequently built upon. And then everything's been decanonized. And so now we've got nothing. So it is cool to give these creators an opportunity to create something. And maybe we'll see a couple stories get canonized. I'm hoping for at least the elder and the Duel. Um, but it would be cool to see those others in in my top five like i said i'm hoping for all top five of them right. um, and heck even akakiri you could tweak and add so, some more enjoyment there uh, it's just more characters you know right uh, but yeah it does have the padme problem <laughs> they unpad made padme yeah um but yeah the ninth jedi Lopin ocho um i forgot what my fifth one was uh the village bride yeah yeah Yep. all five of those get them into star wars some way <laughs> some way somehow do it give them all a novel <laughs> give them all the time work Something towards to the story. ninth jedi in canon and then uh throw La ocho into during the empire uh, <laughs> there's just man some really cool ones or right. you could even have the ninth Jedi be a really old story, you know. Um, I mean you have like thirty thousand years of history to play with, so yeah, start using it. <laughs> um very cool. Um interesting how many Sith became like bandit leaders. <laughs> I True. was like, mm, this is really this is a weird they're all, de- they're all deserters. Yeah, really weird odd jobs. Um yeah, Master Ronin and Master Tajin. Give us more. <laughs> uh should be interesting um i'm trying to think what else that's probably unless you have any further comments about the three shows we've talked about i think uh we can conclude here uh just as a reminder we will be doing a show on wednesday no idea it will be a surprise what movie we are reviewing um and then we'll be back friday as well to talk what if and Titans yet again, mm-hmm. and all that enjoyment. But see what happens when something like Visions comes up. <laughs> uh, plenty of enjoyment to talk about. I can't wait to rewatch some of them. I already rewatched The Elder, I'm gonna have to rewatch <laughs> the duel though. Uh, so good. Uh, yeah, we are going to conclude here. Ian Rismondo, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I am setting something up on Twitch before <laughs> I head out. Um, I don't know why this is struggling. There we go. Um, and so that we can conclude. I don't know where that just went. Did it go? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was very weird. Uh, sorry about this. A little technical difficulties. Okay um yeah uh appreciate y'all for watching i'm joshua troop this is unanimous indecision we'll catch you next time